What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Tuesday, May 21st, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 402. Can't believe I... First time I ever did this, I never thought I would say say that sentence. You guys are listening to episode 402. Uh, it's weird, but I stuck with this damn thing, and uh, it's amazing to have fans all over the place, still growing, and uh, thank you guys so much. I'm, I think we're at like, what, whatever, almost 1.2 or 1.1 something million downloads, and that doesn't include, obviously, people that are just listening at their desktop, so please tell your friends about TVE. I really appreciate it, and um, I want to make announcement. make an announcement at the top of the show uh, actually, because I said that I was going to. Why is the computer doing this? I swear to God, it's like, okay, there we go. I don't, I don't, I'm not good with technology. I don't know how this all works, but you'll just be in the middle of recording something and it'll say, oh, a disc is almost full. Meanwhile, there's no disc. I don't know what that means. I don't understand technology. And, uh, that's what you get when you do this, uh, the way that I do it. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, the live podcast that I did with Sal Vacano uh, from Impractical Jokers number 400 from the uh, Vintage Lounge at Gotham Comedy Club, I will be doing that again, and I believe the next one will be sometime in June. We are just finalizing a Monday or a Tuesday now. I will give you guys that date either through my social media or on the next podcast. Um, and I'll be, you know, you guys, it'll be out there on the site. You'll be able to get tickets. Like I said, the room really seats about whatever, 65, 70 people. If it was like super, super packed, I'm going to have another amazing guest on. I'll make that announcement too, and um, it'll be great. We're going to do it again. I'm going to try to do that uh, once a month, but we're definitely going to do it again, and it looks like June, so I'm putting that together. Hopefully that uh, that pans out. Uh, If it doesn't, I'll blame the the club. No, I'm kidding. It it should uh, work out. I'm working on that now. So uh, when that happens, you guys go get your tickets. Now, I'm sitting here in my house, and I want to vent. And this is not my unacceptable. It's not my unacceptable at all, okay? But, you know, it's just something I want to vent. And then we'll get to the show. Uh, We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got some stuff in sports, got some stuff with TV. Uh, Obviously, want to talk about the trip to D.C. Um... And uh, we'll do all the all the good all the good stuff on uh, TVE. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and get ready for another uh, epic Verzi Effect podcast. Everybody, I'll be arrogant this week and say epic because I feel good. Um, so we had this problem in um, in one of the bathrooms with this leak with one of the pipes. And it would just be this like slow drip between the sink and where the toilet was. And we had to try to figure out where it was coming from and look all over the place. And, you know, we're not plumbers. We don't know shit. So we make a phone call. We call some people. Guy calls me back today, early this morning. And he says, hey, I can be there between 9 and 10 if that works for you. I say, fine. We've had this problem for a long time. Time to put it to bed. Also, we're also having a problem with the water filter. Uh, like the, the, the thing that holds the water filter. So I want somebody to come and look at that, do the whole thing, right? Guy shows up. I tell him the problems. He goes over to the bathroom issue. He's like, oh, there's some issues with the bolts here. 
Uh, I just need to strip uh, strip the bolts off or, or whatever, get new bolts, blah, 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 do all this stuff. There'll be no issue with uh, water and it's not a main problem. So that's good to hear, right? So everything is uh, good with that. He goes to his truck back and forth. My dog is looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? Do I need to bite him? So the whole time I'm looking at my dog and I'm going, because Lloyd is doing this thing now. He's not biting people, but like, I think he's so settled down and comfortable now and he's feeling better with his medicine and he, you know, you guys know if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you know how long it's taken my dog Lloyd to, uh, you know, he's had two paws out the door with my wife the first 18 months he was here and uh, he's definitely here because of me and now he's like the model dog, Um, but he's so comfortable with his pack now, he's so happy here that when like UPS drivers or food people come, he just, and he's like a sight hound. So he's just looking like, who is this shit? And I will, I will defend, like he's getting super, super defensive of the house to the point where like, I have to, when somebody comes in, I have to calm him down and I have to pet him and I have to say, it's all right, buddy, calm down. And I got to tell the person like, he's all right, but like, I got to call the dog over. It's a pain in the ass. Our UPS driver's petrified of him because he was showing his teeth one time and um, now he sniffed him and, and it seems to be cool, but this plumber guy's here and I'm, and my dog is just locked in on him. Lloyd is looking at this guy like, who the fuck are you and why are you here at 10 o'clock in the morning? Okay, this is not normal. <laughs> so I'm dealing with that. Guy's coming back and forth from his truck. I'm praying to God that I don't hear, ow, ow, your dog bit me. That's the last thing I need. Um, so I got that on my mind. Then he comes downstairs to the water filter and the guy starts going, I don't know if you ever had somebody come to your house and do work. Okay. Uh, but these heating people, these air conditioned people, they all do the same thing. They go, come here, come here. Yeah. Do you see this right here? You see this, uh, you see this pipe over here going into the wall? Yeah. So what you need to do is it would probably be better if it was mounted on, by the way, do you know, like, it looks like you have two wells. Do you have two wells? And I'm looking at this guy like, buddy, take a look at me, okay? I want you to look at me really good. What gives you the indication? Whatever gave you the indication that A, I know what you're talking about, or B, I give a shit what you're talking about. I don't. I don't know. That's why I called you. When I have a plumbing problem, I call a plumber. When I have an air conditioning problem, I call the people that deal with the air conditioning system and all of that stuff. I don't know shit, okay? I'm going to take out my checkbook or take out cash. I'm going to pay you for your time and your service. You're going to be paid the way you need to be paid, but I call you for that, okay? I tell dick jokes in basements and attics a lot of the time, okay? I am not qualified to know. I don't know about well. He's like, oh, you see this wire? This wire is going into a well. Buddy, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, they all talk to you like, yeah, so what you need to do is I could cut the pipe here, run another pipe over there. You know where the best uh, water pump out there? And I'm going, no, I don't know that. I, honest to God, I don't know that. Maybe I'm an asshole for not knowing that, okay? But I don't know that. So how about this? How about you fix it? That's all. Fix the fucking problem. Just fix it, okay? Just... You go like this. Hey, Paul, I know what you're talking about. I saw what you did. You probably don't understand it, but I fixed it. It's better now. Great. Great, sir. Here's a check or here's some cash. Now get out of here before my dog bites your leg off. That's what I want to happen. 
not giving me instructions, telling me this. Oh, you might want to go to home depot and you get some piping over here and you want to do this over here. We could mount it over here. Is this accessible? I don't know. They're all talking to me like I know shit. Then my wife, if this, if, if, if that's not already stressful, then Stacy's texting me. Yeah, why don't you call the air conditioning people and the heating people and the oil people too and sit, you know, find out about maintenance and shit. And I'm just going, aren't we paying for their schedule to know? You know, the air conditioning people came. Guess what? I said, yes, we will take your annual service thing. Just come the same fucking week every week, every year or whatever it is you got to do. Now, I know what you're saying. Come on, Paul. You're a homeowner. You're a grown man and you're a homeowner and you need to know this stuff and all that stuff. No, I don't. Okay? Because last I checked, I didn't ch- I didn't go to school or I didn't go to a trade school for fu- to know about an air conditioning unit or plumbing. It's like, yeah, you know what? And these assholes want to show up and go, hey, for $182 a, an- a year, uh, you get an annual maintenance. That includes this, this, and that. Yeah, if I'm giving you $182 a year, how about you have a little schedule and you have the secretary over there give me a call and say, hey... You're due. Do you want us to come this time and that time? Do that shit. I mean, you know, make me pay and then I got to chase you. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little agitated because I just got off the road. I'm tired. I want to relax. I got a laundry list of shit to do. All right. One of my cats, I think, is diabetic again. I had to give him shots of insulin a year and a half ago. Then the diabetes went away. Now he's going for water like it's the last thing on earth. So now I think he's got diabetes again. I got to take him to the fucking animal hospital. All right. I got plumbers telling me shit that I don't understand. All right, I got a dog that's looking to bite anybody that comes within the, you know, you know, my dog needs a restraining order against these strangers. I mean, it's crazy what's going on here. And then my wife is giving me a laundry list of shit to do. So I'm a little bit, I'm in a good mood though. I can tell you that I'm in a good mood. I'm definitely not in a bad mood. I feel good. I'm happy to be home. We will turn this podcast around and get positive. I know it started off on the negative side, but I'm sorry. I was just dealing with this guy who was talking to me like he might as well have been talking in fluent, fluent like Chinese, like Mandarin. He might as well have just been talking to me. He's he's looking at me, telling me these things, pointing to pipes. He's literally looking at me, pointing to copper pipes, telling me where they're going through the house as if I have any idea about that. If it wasn't for my wife... <laughs> If it wasn't for my wife, I'd probably be poisoning myself with the same water because I haven't changed the water filter in three years. Because I just don't know about shit like that. I'm not going to lie. I can build kind of. No, I can't really build shit. I'm lying if I said that. I could like, hey, I installed a toilet once. I can do that. It Look, if I read the instructions, I can get shit done. If I read the instructions and I really pay attention, I can I can do things. But those things I'm just not capable of doing. Oh, and then he leaves me with, yeah, I can't really do much with the filter. You need to replace it, but uh, I could replace it for you and mount it on the wall and make it more accessible and all that. And I go, great, what would that be? He goes, yeah, about 600 bucks, but, you know, just get back to me. I don't know if it costs him forty nine ninety five to get that. I don't have friends in the plumbing industry. This guy could be bending me over, taking me to fucking town, and I just don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, guys, um, I had a great, unbelievable weekend. We're going to turn this thing around right now. I want to thank absolutely everybody. Everybody who... Jesus, I can't even... I mean... Okay, sorry. Phone's going off. Anyway. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody who came out to the Washington, D.C. Improv over the weekend. Um, I know that I've said that I've had great weekends before, but um, I was so looking forward to this um, weekend for multiple reasons. The room is incredible. Uh, I remember it was probably 11 years ago. I opened for Bill Burr in 2008 there. And for 11 years, I've been saying, I haven't been back, but that's the greatest room that I've ever been in as far as comedy. Well, why, Paul? Why is it the best room? Low ceilings. The dimensions are absolutely perfect for comedy. It's about 280 people wide when it's packed. The crowds are incredibly intelligent, uh, just smart people. There's amazing colleges out there. These people have like government jobs. It's just people that are just... You know, it's just, I don't know. I remember being there in 08 and, and I remember doing a premise years ago and maybe I'm being biased because this woman liked my premise, but I don't know if you guys remember when uh, Obama got in office, he um, he basically put in a law saying that um, with like Guantanamo Bay that there'll be no more torturing of the terrorists. I don't know if you guys remember that. And the joke I had was when I was younger, my older my older brother and I would get tickled by our father. And my father would pick us up and throw us on the bed and tickle us when we were little kids. And I would be like crying, laughing, but almost begging him to stop because he was like, you know, and I do that with my son. If I start tickling my son or my daughter or just having a good time, Dad, no, no, please, please, please. So I basically was like, what if they tickled terrorists to get an answer? Okay. And this woman in the audience was like, oh my God, that's great. So she, just, I remember just in 08, she liked my premise. And I was like, I've never been to a room where they're listening so much that any little setup, you know, sometimes you got to, and I don't want to paint the picture that it's the only room where people listen to the setup, but it, it was just, I just remember a different feel of the intelligence of the crowd being on a higher level. And I think that's why a lot of people do their specials there and all that stuff. So uh, this time was no exception. I went back and it was amazing. I want to thank the people that came out. There were people there. Uh, Friday Late Show, which is a lot of times comedians' nightmares, especially when you're headlining because people keep getting drunker and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was one of the best shows of the weekend. It literally was was just, you know, amazing. Packed. And people just, you know... People just were just so into the show, and then first show Saturday packed, second show Saturday almost sold out, you know, a few tables from being sold out, so the whole thing was just, um, it was just really amazing, and on top of it, the new hour, I literally don't think I did anything from I'll Say This. I think I literally got to an hour, hour and two, hour and three minutes with maybe doing one thing or one line from my, like, it's just, it's all new. And uh, it was just such a great time. So thank you again. And uh, another thing about the club. Literally, I did six shows, six hours almost worth of material, and zero issues with the crowd. Late show, early show, didn't matter. You know, Sunday show, we were up against the season finale of Game of Thrones, it's also a graduation weekend there for like George Washington and a few of the other schools there. And nobody was yelling out. Nobody was an asshole. Even people drinking. It was just um, zero issues. 
So that's going to be my acceptable, everybody. My, I'm not doing an unacceptable this week. My acceptable this week is, uh, and I only, you know, you guys know I like to do the unacceptables. And when I do an acceptable, it's very rare and it means something was, uh, something was really good. And that's the case here. The unacceptable, I mean, the acceptable for this week is how the DC Improv is run. The staff is the best. The, uh, the just everybody there from the bartenders, the wait staff, they were just so nice. The waitress to the green room was just all over it. They run a tight ship. It's a well-oiled machine, and it was just great. So, you know, sometimes I'll complain, ah, these drunk women were in the front yelling, shit, I had to put them in their place or kick them out, or there's always something after that amount of time on stage doing six shows. Nothing this time. Not a problem, not an issue. It was about the comedy. That is absolutely acceptable. Then somebody told me, oh my God, this is this was one of the funniest things. This was one of the funniest things. It was like a scene from a comedy movie. We went to this place called uh, Shelly's Back Room. Now, you guys know I'm a cigar smoker. And uh, I'm trying to, you know, only smoke cigars for like nice occasions or if I'm in a city and I find out that they have a really nice lounge. So people were telling me, oh, you're going to Washington, D.C. Um, and it's near the Capitol, I think. But they were like, uh, you're going to Washington, D.C., you got to check out uh, Shelly's Back Room. Now, Shelly's Back Room is this like old school uh, lounge. It's got like the, almost looks like a log cabin inside. And then they got the wood is like stained and everybody's like uh, humidor lockers are there. And then they got a bar, old school bar all the way in the back. But it's just nice. You could eat in there. They got TVs all over the place, a ton of politicians, I think. I think they said like Rudy Giuliani, like when he's in, t- he just like sits there at a table like all day or whatever. And just, you know, but I'm, I'm, I find out about this place. I go in. It's awesome. The selection of cigars is incredible. So me and uh, the host of the show, Andy Klein, shout out to Andy Klein, did a great job. Very funny comic from that area who I guess was in New York for a while and then is back in that area now. He got married. So funny. And my buddy Chris Lamberth killed it. Uh, featuring, he's also from the Maryland area right there, so, and he's a buddy, so I had him go uh, and feature, and we just had a great time, so I go, guys, what a weekend, let's go to Shelly's back room, I'm going to celebrate with a cigar, so they come, and we're just sitting there, we're having a good time, I'm sipping on my, you know, my wine, I get red wine sometimes after a show, and, um, and I'm smoking a cigar, and there's this table of dudes to the left of us, and they could kind of overhear us, and one one dude, this black dude named Earl, right? I'm not making this up. This black dude, he just kind of leans in and he starts talking. And, hey, man, oh, cool. And, and, and you guys having a good time? And we're like, yeah. And we're just talking about stuff. And we're talking about um, cigars. And he's like, yeah, I'm opening a lounge. And our, our lounge is going to be amazing. And here's my, you know, come to it when you come here. It's called this. And I was thinking, oh, then why are you here? And he's like, oh, because, you know. Right now, we can only smoke outside on the patio at where my spot is, but in a month and a half, we're going to have a full, you know, a full going operation where you come in and you do all that. So I'm like, all right, man, this is, this is cool. This guy's awesome. And then he finds out we're comedians. He's just like eavesdropping. And this guy, Earl, just leans in and he goes, all right, man, fuck it. And I swear, he was like a businessman who just flipped. He goes, all right, man, you guys are comedians. I'll give you, (laughs) I'll give you guys... I could tell you guys a story or whatever. And like, we're just, he's still kind of like straight edge at the time. 
right? He's just still straight edge. And this guy just goes, and I please, what I'm about to say is going to be explicit. This is not me. This is not my thoughts. Uh, I just want to give a warning right now. What I'm about to say, if there are children around, walk away. If you are listening to this as a parent and your kids might walk in the room the next couple of minutes, walk away. I'm giving the parental or whatever the advisory right now. Again, this is not from me. This is from a man named Earl uh, who was eavesdropping, who ended up being such a character we were crying. Okay, there you go. I gave you your fair time. You could skip ahead if you don't want to hear bad words. So we're just sitting there and he goes, all right, since you guys are comedians and I don't realize what he's doing. I think he's just telling a story. Because, yeah, you know, this one guy, he's like, man, my wife always gives me shit every time I come home smoking a cigar. She says, you know, you smell like a cigar and you got to take your clothes off and go take a shower, this and that. And his buddy tells him. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like my, my mouth is dropped. I'm like holding a Cabernet and a cigar. And he goes, and his buddy tells him, no, here's what you do. He goes, you got you to gotta go home. Right? When your wife is sleeping, you just pull her panties down. He goes, you want, you got to start eating her out and you got to fuck her real good. And now we're just like, we looked at each other and we just like, dude, Earl just took a left turn. Right? He just goes into that stuff. And he's like, yeah, you, so he's like, what? He's like, yeah, try, you know, (laughs) so guy goes home, he pulls his girl, you know, his wife's panties down goes down on her he's eating her out he fucks her real good real good and he's like all right now i'm gonna go to the shower before bed he goes and i get to the shower and my wife is already in the shower and he's like how the hell did you get here so fast and she's like shh be quiet my mother's sleeping over she's in the bed right now or something like that and we're just like what and then he starts laughing hysterically while we're kind of just like in shock and and we're amused but we're just like we didn't expect this guy like, he, like, works on Capitol Hill. He was telling us stories about how he's taken his wife to Greece and Madrid. And it, not that not that guys like that don't talk like that or whatever, but the way he just came at us. And then he starts telling stories. And he started actually making us cry laughing. He goes, man. He goes, I'll tell you, dude. He goes, cigars. Cigars, like, save my marriage. He's like, I told my wife. He goes, I told my wife. I was like, have I ever laid a hand on you? Have I ever have I ever raised a hand to you? And let's be honest, sweetheart, you've said some fucked up shit. I could have, but I didn't. You know what I did? Instead, I went outside, stressed out, I smoked a cigar. He goes, these cigars save you or something. I'm I'm sitting there like we're like, what? This guy Earl was if there was a director in a comedy, and he goes, all right, Earl, here's the deal. You're gonna be sitting down next to a couple of guys. I want you to kind of eavesdrop, get into the conversation, and start telling these outrageous, hilarious stories. Here's the script. It would not have been as funny or or just the way it was done. Then he goes, man, I'll tell you guys another one. And we're just now we're like looking at this guy like he's like a just like a very brash uncle. You know, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And he goes, he goes, man, one time I was drinking, man. He goes, I was fucked up like he had this. <laughs> he goes, I was drinking, man. He goes, I was smoking cigars all night. I was drinking. He goes, man, I don't even know how I got home, man. I think I was blacking out, kind of. He goes, and then I wake up in the morning, and there's some woman in a bed next to me. And he goes, and I was like, oh, man. I didn't know where I was, though. And then I looked at her, and I was like, man, she's not that bad. 
you know, for a woman without makeup in the morning. And we're just listening to this guy. And he goes, but then a two-year-old comes out. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, she got kids. And he goes, and then I wake up kind of in a haze and I'm looking around. And this two-year-old starts calling me daddy and dada. And then I look on the wall and I see pictures of me with the family. And I'm confused. And then he goes, oh, shit, I'm home. This is my new, this is my baby. I'm home. And we're crying. When he said, oh, shit, she got kids. He didn't realize. He said he had to go out into his driveway and check that the car, like, had the car was there or how he got there. And we were just, I mean, he just kept going and going. He's like, yeah, man, you know, my wife, I got to get home soon. He goes, but I told her. You know, he goes, I'm going to get shit for being out this late. But I told her. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something to eat and then come home. He goes, I got something to eat and I'll eventually be home. She doesn't need to know what I'm doing in the middle of that. And I mean, this guy, he just became, he was like a national treasure. This, it was like one story after another. And he jumps in with three comedians and he's making us cry laughing to the point where Chris Lambert goes, nothing on stage that was said tonight was as funny as a couple of things he said. If you saw this guy act out when he said, oh shit, she got kids. And it was his two-year-old. Apparently he's got a 25-year-old and now a five-year-old. And I guess that's who he was talking about. But this man got so hammered that he woke up in a house, didn't know where he was, didn't recognize the woman that was next to him in the bed as his wife. And then he wakes up. He was so blacked out. He's looking at pictures of his family. And he's going, how do, how, how do I have a family already? <laughs> and how perfect is it that his name is Earl? His name was Earl. And he was like a big, you, I don't know what he did, but he, he, he had a cigar thing, but he like worked on Capitol Hill. Like this was just, I was just like, oh my God, we were crying laughing. It was just one story after another. And I'm not doing it any justice. You know, you had to have heard him. You had to have seen this guy's cadence. He was a character out of a movie. And the best was he kind of eavesdropped into our thing. And he wasn't, when he was telling story, the joke, he was trying to be funny. The joke about like having sex with your wife and doing all that stuff and then having it be the mother-in-law. That was like his only joke joke. And that was actually the least funniest of everything he said. Then he just started telling normal stories about how his wife gives him shit for smoking. And then I go like this to him. I go, how many, uh, I go, Earl, how many cigars do you smoke a week? He goes, a week or a, or a day? And I go, wow. I go, how many you smoke a day? And I swear to God, he goes, well... It went from 10 to about 5 or 6. And I go, you smoke, first of all, just so you guys know the, the math on that, a good cigar is about an hour, hour and a half smoke. So if you go to like Soho Cigar Lounge in New York City or you go to one of these places, you get yourself a nice Davidoff and a bourbon or a wine or a scotch, whatever, and you sit there and you enjoy the cigar, it's about an hour, hour and a half. This man is chain smoking. This man is chain smoking fine cigars all day. Um, to put it into perspective, I smoke now. I used to smoke like four a week and five a week. And I was like, I can't do that anymore. So what I like to do is maybe like five in a month now or something like that. You know, just just for not, not so much health. I mean, I talk to my doctor about it and an occasional cigar is not, you know, as long as you obviously take care of your mouth and all that stuff, which I do. And I'm kind of very conscious of of that and even the smell and stuff but like I couldn't imagine 
I couldn't imagine five or six a week, let alone five or six a day. This guy was an absolute animal and cry out loud, laugh funny. Um, we were, we were, he was really, he was such a character. So shout out to Earl. Uh, I don't know. I think he might've gave me his number. I don't know his name or anything like that. Um, at first when I was drinking some wine, having a cigar, laughing with him, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'll look this guy up and go to his place when I'm done. And then I realized probably not the best idea. The last thing I want to do is go to my hotel room after a show and, uh, be hanging out with some guy that got so hammered. He showed up to a house, woke up and saw pictures of himself and his family on the wall and thought that he was in a stranger's house and didn't recognize his wife or know that he had a two, two year old baby. Um, so as much as I like Earl, I think that that was probably our last, <laughs> I think that that, that, that might've been our last encounter. Um, so funny though. And, uh, I got to tell you guys, Washington DC is my favorite. It is my favorite. It is underrated. We walked late at night, uh, right in front of the white house, uh, the Capitol building. We walked past the treasury, like all of these buildings and architecture is just so over the top, beautiful. There's parks everywhere. Um, I even went into Arlington to have brunch with a friend and, uh, it was, it was just, just a really, really nice time. And I'm going to be back. And I hope everybody who came out comes back. And I will. I could say this, and I mean no disrespect to other places, but uh, other comedians would feel the same way, and comedians would feel the same way about other clubs if they were run that good. And and luckily there are a lot of great ones like that in the country. But those are the ones that you got to go to. And I was, uh, and the fact that I could go down there by the Capitol and smoke a cigar over there at Shelley's back room, great. I had the best fish tacos. And sliders ever at this place rewind. We were we were we were amazed by it. I couldn't believe it. The bartender goes, "Hey man, I know this doesn't look like the place, but you want good fish tacos? Uh, check them out. It's the best thing on the menu." I'm thinking, really, I'm really gonna get fish tacos at like a bar, and it wasn't really a bar. It was kind of they tried to make it like a modern diner, but let's be honest, it was a it was pretty much a bar with TVs and shit. Like I was just, and it was the most spectacular. Fish taco, freshest thing I ever had. I couldn't believe it, you know, and I'm not even making that up. All right, let's go to your guys' unacceptable. This one is from Tony. And Tony, this is a throwback unacceptable uh, from Tony. And Tony says, well, the subject is, yes, yeah, subject is throwback unacceptable. Uh, hello, Mr. Paul Verzi. Got a throwback unacceptable I was thinking about after finally watching your special on Comedy Central the other week. In January of 18, I got a surprise three-day weekend and planned a quick trip down to New York City from Boston based around seeing you at a comedy show. Okay. Uh, I bought the tickets, booked a place, stayed uh, to stay, and reached out to a couple of friends to let them know that I'd be in the city that weekend. Your set was on Saturday night, uh, so Friday night I went out with a few buddies. I don't know if it was the 4 a.m. last call or what, but I woke up the next morning so beyond hungover, I got in my car and drove back to Boston, losing out on another night at the hotel and the tickets. I paid for the comedy show. The big city kicked my ass. As I pulled away from the first rest stop, I encountered, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I encountered to throw up, uh, and I thought, wait a minute, I encountered to throw up in I thought. 
unacceptable. Okay, after seeing how much you killed the recent special, I again was reminded of that weekend. Unacceptable. Hope to see you live soon, and I'll try not to drink like an amateur the night before. Uh, here's the funny thing, Tony. I love how you said, wow, dude, you just pulled over at a rest stop and just threw up. Um, that's when you know you can't go out that night. When the next day you're just as bad as you were, if not worse than when you were absolutely (laughs) hammered. Um, I love how you said the big city kicked my ass. No, it wasn't you. I got news for you, uh, Tony. That would have happened in Indianapolis. That would have happened in Minneapolis. That would have happened in Arizona. I don't think the city mattered. You probably got so psyched up for it, which I appreciate. And I do appreciate you buying tickets for the show. And I certainly appreciate what you said about the special. Uh, I could tell you this with confidence. Come, I will be uh, I will be headlining Gotham Comedy Club uh, in September. And uh, you will basically be seeing a new hour. And uh, I believe it's better than the special. And some other people do as well. And I think that, um, you know, you'll have a great time. So... Come down in September. Don't get hammered the night before. Uh, Get hammered after the show. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Come down with some friends. You know, New York City, I've had people come in, you know, and say, hey, man, I'm from Texas. I know people that came in from Texas. I know comics that came in. And we're like, I'm going to live. And they were just like, I can't do it, man. New York is, is, is kicking my ass because they were from a place where it was like there wasn't much going on. You just try to get on stage and then you go home and you do whatever. And then you come to New York and you want to network. But the people you're networking with are like, hey, we're going to go to this bar. Hey, this is going on. You know, there were there were kids telling me sad stuff. Not sad. I don't want to say sad because, you know, it's a live and learn thing. And I would never judge somebody. But, you know, saying, hey, man, drugs broke out. And I started to you know, get high. I was getting high and I was drinking and I couldn't concentrate. And and that is, yeah, man. I mean, if you're not from New York, I guess that that can happen sometimes. But um, the fact that you watched the special again and said, man, I'm, I, it sucks that I missed him means, uh, means a lot to me. It really does. And it's very, very much appreciated. So uh, this time you come out, you come to New York City in September, uh, the weekend of, it's on the website. I forgot. It might be like September 20 something or whatever. I it's it's on the website right now. And I believe you could probably still you could probably even get tickets now. Come down. Come out, do that. You won't get hammered this time and you won't have to worry about throwing up at the Vincent Lombardi rest stop <laughs> by the uh, George Washington Bridge or whatever. Oh, were you going up uh you were going up on uh, 84 to go to Boston. But thanks thanks for the write in Tony and I appreciate it. Let's see here. This is Modern Day Hippie Chicks by Brian Plum. Okay, Plummer from a comic from, uh, I've talked about Brian a couple times, from the New England area. Paul, there is an epidemic going on with girls my age where they think going to festivals, doing drugs, and sleeping outside makes them connected uh, to Woodstock in some sort of way. The only issue is now they are having real jobs. I was at a bar in Toronto trying to watch the Bruins, and the bartender was one of these hippie chicks. She seemed cool at first despite being white and having dreadlocks. Oof, that's a tough one. Uh, But, Paul, she smelled like a dumpster fire uh, and a bomb. I had to get up and leave. When she asked why, I told her to take it easy with the festivals. Uh, Have a good one, man. Yeah, look, I'm not a big... Uh, I mean, I hate to say this. I've said this before. I'm not trying to be a dick. But, you know, I don't know, man. White people with dreadlocks, it was just always something that kind of... 
not going to say annoyed me, but just didn't look right and looked like you were forcing something. You know, I'm all for, listen, if you want to be hippie and be like, hey, dude, peace, love, and let's smoke some weed and, you know, and, you know, sit in this field and watch a concert, fine. You know, it's not my thing. It never was. I don't understand dirty feet. I'll never understand dirty feet. Okay. Just sitting outside, like being one with nature while your feet are dragging in the mud and people are smoking cigarettes and marijuana and everybody's just like, yeah, we're one with nature with like grass stains all over your legs and knees and acting like you don't care and you don't need a shower immediately. Uh, I don't understand that, but I'm not trying to judge that. But yeah, when you smell like that, honestly, like that whole like, no, it's not natural to put deodorant on. Yes, it is. We're kind of civilized and evolved. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's not. No, nature is just, just let the smells come out, man. We're animals. It's like, that's not really real. Okay. This is not the 1700s. This is not the, you know, this is 2019. All right. I get that you want to be free, but you could be free and smell like soap. You could be free and fun. You could you could sit in a field and have a nice pair of sneakers on with some jeans and enjoy a concert. You, you don't have to do that. Uh, and yeah, but look, I'm not trying to change anybody. I don't get it either. It's not for me. As a matter of fact, as we speak, uh, a bunch of comedians, I think it's like uh, Bobby Kelly and Ari Shafir and, and uh, Dan Soder, a bunch of great guys, great comics, a ton of comics, leaving a ton of people out. Uh, all the all the YKWD podcast crew, they're all sitting in the woods right now. They're having a comedy camp out. And they're showing pictures of them roasting stuff at night, sitting around and all that stuff. That's great. God bless you. I'm not laying, you know, I'm not sleeping on loose leaf paper in the middle of the night, you know, when, when an owl could come and pick my eyeball out of my skull or, or I have to worry about coyotes and bears and shit. I'm just not doing it anymore. I did it. It's fine. I'm sitting there carving a stick with my fucking, you know, Swiss army knife and we're worried, you know, we're eating out of a jar and like, oh, isn't this great? It's not, it's not great. It's cold, it's wet, it's damp, there's bugs. I don't give a shit. You know, I've worked, put me in a Hilton, all right? Put me in a Hilton, you know, put me in a steam room. I'll look at you guys in the woods from my binoculars, from my 18th floor uh, king size, uh, king bed suite, and I'll wave to you guys, and you guys could put up your little s'mores that you guys are melting and wave to me back, and then I'll close the blinds, and I'll put on a movie in the air conditioning, and I'll probably order room service. That's just where I'm at. Like I can't, I can't help it. It's just, it is what it is. I'm not into it. I'm not into camping. I'm not into dirty. I'm not into smelly. I'm not into outside. I'm not into psychedelics. I'm not into, like, drugs like that. And I know a lot of people, oh, what are you, a pussy? You don't go, come on. You I don't. I'm not into that. I'm not into that. Give me a glass of cab and some sushi in a five-star restaurant. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know about the own plumbing in my house. Do you think I'm going to go and sit down outside and put a hammock and, and sleep on a hammock between two twe- uh, trees while some grizzly bear is going to rip my legs off and eat it like they're turkey legs at the Renaissance Fair? It's not going to happen. All right, guys, I got to move on here. Uh, thank you guys for writing in. And uh, again, you guys are listening to TVE uh, 402, and we're going to be doing another live one from Gotham. That announcement will be on the next show or on my social media, so look out for that. Uh, What else do we have to talk about? Guys, this is one thing I wanted to talk about on this show, okay? One thing I wanted to talk about real quick was, um, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I was talking with some people, and they were talking about, there's two types of people. 
And uh, there are people that like to go towards the negative and the anger, right? So I'll give you an example. You're sitting there and you're talking to people. By the way, how good is this podcast flowing right now? I could feel it. I could feel it. 402 is a good one. 40 minutes in, you know, we talked about Earl. We got the camping shit out of the way. I didn't even plan to talk about that. Now I'm talking about some nice positive shit. Things are going well. Hope you're enjoying it. Look. There are people, the mob, the masses, on both sides, some like to go to negative. Did you see this? These protesters are right. This person is right. This person shouldn't have been demonized for that. This person has the right to, and there's that shit, right? And then you have, like, motivational shit. And and I choose the latter, okay? Uh, I advise everybody to listen to this thing that Joe Rogan talked about. Joe Rogan, I don't care whether you like Joe Rogan as a comic, whether you like Joe Rogan as a personality, whether you like Joe Rogan with his UFC announcing, whether you like him or not is irrelevant to what I'm saying. I came across something that he did, something that he talked about. And there's only, there's been a few times on the show where I've actually played something for you guys that I thought you guys could take from it. And uh, I'm going to do that now if I could find it. But it was uh, Joe Rogan talking about goals, okay? Um, and and it was really, really great to listen to. And I just choose to listen to stuff like that. I really do. I choose to listen to um, like positive things, motivational things sometimes, or things that just make sense how I live my life. And I was recently talking with somebody that, for whatever reason, they were like, listening to things the other way you know uh they were listening to the the anger of some people and the what's wrong with with this you know what's why are you know why are are these things okay and this is not right and blah 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 so anyway is this the is this yeah this is the thing that i wanted you guys to hear i'm gonna play this for you guys now this is on is this on the one on goals yeah, he talks about goals. And just listen to this and tell me that this doesn't make all the sense in the world. And why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you listen to this uh, and instead go to negative? Just check this out and tell me. You could be like, oh, Paul, I don't need your whatever. Just listen to this shit. This is perfect and uh, it, it's on, on it. But check this out. If you do your best and you continue to do your best, your best gets better and your best continues to get better, and then you'll look back five years from now, ten years from now, and you, you'll have a real feeling of satisfaction that you've made progress with your life. I think there's a lot of people out there that feel depressed and they feel shitty, and they just feel, they just feel stagnant because they're not getting any better at anything. They're just doing a job and the best they're hoping for is some sort of a raise. Or, you know, well, if I save up enough money, I can get a car that makes me look cooler when I pull up to the club. Like, all those things are hollow pursuits. If you can find something you actually love and put your passion to that, you're just going to have an overall better experience on this planet. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will argue against that. They'll say, oh, that doesn't make me happy. I'm a content person. I like to just sit back and I like to just, I, I, you know, I like to just go home, smoke a joint, watch TV, and that's all I like to do, man. I'm happy. I've never met that person. I've met people that say those things. But if you spend enough time with those people, you realize there's a lot of holes in that. I, I just don't, I don't really think that exists. I don't think everybody has the same goals. 
But I think everybody has goals. And I think whatever those goals are, whether it's improving your ability to make pottery, whether it's uh, writing a, a book that you can be proud of, whatever the goal is, whether it's um, quitting this dead-end job and figuring out a way to work for yourself for a living in whatever capacity, those are the kinds of goals and those are the kind of things that will put you on the path to being a healthier, happier person. And there's a lot of people out there doing that. And if you're looking at your life and you go, no, man, I'd rather work a shitty job. I'd rather be lazy. I like being unhealthy. I like heart disease. I like being fat. Maybe that's you. I don't know. I've never met anybody like that, though. I don't really think they exist. I think those, like jealousy, are all defense mechanisms that we set up and the mind has set up for us in order to protect us from the uncomfortable reality that we're not doing our best. That that is, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I heard anything more perfect um, when it comes to what he was talking about there. Uh, when it comes to just uh, setting goals and becoming a happier person by by doing that. And look, again, I've only you know put some stuff out there on um, on the show a few times before when I played, like when all the media markets were saying the same stuff and brainwashing us and the same stuff and the same stuff and they played it throughout the country and then they just did that and I, I played that. But I always like to play things like that on the show because, um, look, when I talked about my depression on the show, I've gotten told by people I saved their life. I, I've literally, one of the greatest things, two of the greatest things that's ever happened uh, from me doing from me doing the Verzi Effect podcast was soldiers that were literally in zones that were dangerous and in Humvees shooting, listening to the Verzi Effect. Shout out to the animals. You guys know who you are. They named the platoon after my shit on my show. Uh, it was one of the most humbling and incredible things to know that soldiers that are out there fighting are listening to uh, a comedian, listening to the Verzi Effect just talking shit to them and having and 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 connecting with them and making their time wherever they are overseas in that hot uniform with those that ammo and dealing with stuff and life in danger all the time and they're listening to the Verzi effect and that passes time that is one of them and the other one is people telling me dude you saved my life somebody saying i got sober because of the Verzi effect I, you made me get sober you made me want to do something better you know that, to me, I don't give a shit, you know, about anything else. You know, there's going to be stories on here. Some are going to be funny. Some are going to be dark. Some are going to be sad. Some are going to be, you know, that's why I do this show. I do the show. I've always done the show to give you another glimpse of, you know, hopefully one of your favorite comedians and you get to listen to. Hopefully you like what I do and you get another side. And people come up to me all the time and say that shit. So the point I'm trying to make is the reason why I played that Joe Rogan thing is, um, like when I talked about getting out of the depression that I was in and like when I talk about things like that that I tried to overcome in my life to be better, um, the goals thing and being like that is one of them. But even if it's not goals, even if you're fine with your job and even if you're content with your family and everything is going good, don't be the guy to go to the negative because the negative shit's just going to make you angry. And I said it before and I'll say it again on the show. You're going to die anyway. You're going to die. We're going to all end up in the same place. So while you're here, have fun. Be happy. You know, we're all going to go through our shit. I go through my dark periods still, depression still. 
Anxiety still, OCD still, all the horrible shit that we deal with in a day-to-day life that everybody deals with. You know, it doesn't matter how you're doing financially. I know people with more, more I know I know some of the richest people that are just they're, they're just miserable people. They're miserable, they're not happy. But they like the, but they love the negative. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that it's actually lonelier on the happy side. Because that shit they say misery loves company is so true. Because when you're down and feeling bad, all the other people that are down and feeling bad around you, all of those people, they could come to you now and then it's this big fucking pity party. It's this big, oh man, this and that, this and that. And then you see somebody further away doing good or catching a little success or doing something positive. It's like, what's he doing? Yeah, almost looking at you with a frown because you're starting to get your shit together. And don't do that. You got to look around you. You got to see who you're surrounding yourself with and do that. So that's all I'm saying. I just wanted to say, go more positive than negative. That's the positive part of the show today. I'll leave it there. I'm not trying to be preachy. Okay, now we're going to move on to religion and which one's the best. I'm kidding. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, No movies. Although I have been watching way too much. Oh, this is one thing I wanted to say real quick. Real quick, I wanted to say this. All right. I saw yesterday that they said that there's like 30 tons of plastic in the ocean. Now, I know that that's awful. I know that it's awful. I know that it's terrible. I feel bad for the, for the you know, the marine life that's dying and, and, the, and all of this, the birds and the fish all around that area in the ocean. I feel bad. I really do. But can we not act for a second? Can we be real for a second here? Can we not act? I love how I just said, let's be positive, And now I'm going, no, but everybody's sitting here going, yesterday I saw people on podcasts going, this is so bad and horrible and we just live our lives not caring. Well, let me ask you something. Am I supposed to pick up a scuba diving habit? Am I supposed to, am I supposed to start scuba? What do you want me to do? That's the thing. I'll be aware of it. I'll definitely watch my plastic. I'll watch my recycling. I'll do my family and our, we'll do our part. But to sit here and act as though, you know, it's one thing to care, but if you're going to sit here and act as though your day in life is ruined and then you're going to go and you're going to go on and live your life and you're acting like it's so bad just because you heard about it on the news, you don't give a shit. If you really, really give the shit, man, you would make an example. I, I, I just can't stand people who, who like to talk. They like to talk. And then two hours later, they're at a five-star restaurant. They're fucking eating their sushi. They're doing everything. They're laughing and they're cheersing their wine and shit. And then, oh, guess what? The next day they go on a podcast, they're going to be talking about it. Nobody puts their money where their mouth is. And I'll tell you right now, and I know this is going to make you guys think I'm a bad guy, but I don't give a shit enough to start scuba diving. All right, I'm going to hope people do the right thing and the people that are out there do a good job with it. And I'll make it aware that you should not obviously put your plastic out there, the straws and all that shit. But let's not, these people going like, things are, I mean, I really, this is so horrible. This is so bad. Acting like that. It's bullshit. I call bullshit on it. I think it's bullshit. There, I feel better. And I'm not saying those people don't care. I'm saying let's not let's not act like, you know, let's not act like you're about to go take out a loan, stop working for three months, get your scuba license, and go out into the middle of the Atlantic and start deep diving with one of those uh, spears that the uh, <laughs> that you see the you know jail people doing on the side of the road picking up cans and shit. It's not gonna happen. So let's let's stop it. 
Forensic Files. I think I got to stop watching it and here's why. I'm starting not to trust people because there are way too many Forensic Files shows and you hear all of these horrible things that now I am, I caught myself freaking out in an Uber. My Uber driver in DC was like, oh, so you're going back to New York soon? And I'm going, why, why do you want to know? And I'm like, this guy's going to come back. He's going to find, and I just heard the narrator in the, the narrator's voice in Forensic Files going, when Paul told him he was going back, he waited outside. Paul had a show. The driver turned off his clock, and I'm just going through this whole thing. Paul came out of the club. The driver said, hey, Paul, remember me? Yeah, I brought you over here. Yeah, listen, you need a ride back for free. I was just in the air. I didn't know you, blah, blah, blah. And then that was the last time. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I got to stop, man. It's too much. And I definitely don't watch the one with kids because that's too much. Uh, playoffs, what can you do? What can you do? Trailblazers lost to the Warriors. The Warriors are too good. The Warriors, yes, they can win without Kevin Durant. They did win without Kevin Durant. The series to watch is the Raptors and the Bucks. Game four is tonight. If the Raptors win in Canada, it's 2-2 series. Great series, great TV at night, great basketball, great players, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, all that stuff. So I will uh, I will be tuning into that. And... Um, here we go with plugs, everybody. Let's get some plugs out here so you guys can um, let's get some plugs out here so you guys can come and see me perform. So I was supposed to be at Levity Live, as you guys know. This week, people keep asking. I will not be at Levity Live this week. It was supposed to be a. Uh, it'd probably be better if I, yeah, I got to take that off. Um, they were doing a split week anyway. My Levity Live dates got moved all the way to January, so we will talk about the next time I'm in New York after Gotham. However, I will be doing. Uh, a split week at the um, Improv in West Palm Beach, Florida, May 31st, uh, June 1st and June 2nd. Ryan Hamilton is also doing a split week. So Ryan has half the shows that weekend. I have half the shows that weekend. I believe I'm doing uh, 9.30 Saturday. Whatever it is, you can go to the West Palm Beach Improv and you could get tickets there. Okay, so go to the West Palm Beach Improv, get tickets for my Friday, Saturday, or Sunday show. It's a great room going down there. It's going to be awesome. And then June 7th, 8th, and uh, I'm sorry, June 7th and 8th, one on the 7th, two on the 8th, I will be at the Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island. Great room. I love doing the room. Always a lot of fun. Uh, So check those out. The 31st through the 2nd at the West Palm Beach Improv and the 7th and 8th at the Comedy Connection. And then later in June, I will be at Laugh Boston. Please get tickets for all those shows. This is the best comedy that I'm doing. The hour's better than the last. And um, I'm just having a great time right now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please check out the Patreon for $3 subscription for a little extra content. And me and Jerry Ferrara, everybody. We could say it now because we're doing it. We're going over the, the name and the logo as we speak talking about it so we are going to be doing a, a, a patreon but uh, obviously giving you guys a, a couple for free for samples just to see what the show is we're going to be doing that jerry's going to be talking to his people i'm going to be talking to my people you guys are going to be able to see that it's going to be a great sports show and we're going to go on from that so check that out another live versi effect will be at gotham uh in june i'm just locking down the date and the guests now and you guys will be able to get tickets Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been 402. Until next time, I am out of here. Keep your feet, for the name of this episode, Dirty Feet. Keep them them clean. I'm out. Thank you so much.